Today we have, like I said, we have Buddha Kids starting. So if you haven't been here when Buddha Kids is, is on, the kids will come up probably at about 20 till, and uh, that'll create some nice chaos. And then they'll usually come and sit with their parents, and then they'll come up and their teachers will uh, kind of lead them in telling us a little bit about their class. And it's usually a good story or something that we can learn from too. So it's a good way for us to also connect with these children because we're their community. You know, they, we should think of these children as our children. So we're part of a, they're part of this community and we can all be thinking of them and caring for them as they grow into beautiful young adults. So uh, get to know the kids and really, really, you should feel really honored when the kids are doing their thing with us because it's a good practice for them too. It's good training just for them to be comfortable with a bunch of adults. And their teachers are also teaching them little things like bowing and how to be how to behave, you know, in the in a Dhamma hall. So they're just good life lessons for being polite and understanding different aspects of this kind of different culture from what they may see all around them. So it's great for the kids. I'll do a short talk today, but um, what I wanted to do, Bhante Sujata's not here, but I wanted to tell a story that he told me. And this could be, he, if when he hears this, he may decide that he never told me this story, and it's not true. <laughs> so I have to be really careful. And if you, if you remember me talking about my mother and the story about how I got my name, it could end up being the same thing. So uh, when I first met Bhante Sujata, it was maybe uh, six or seven years ago, he told me that I asked him what his name, or I don't know if I asked him or if he just told me what his name was before he became a monk. And do, do any of you know the, his name? Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know a story about it? No. Okay, so, well, if you do, you can correct me. <laughs> so his name is Neil. Now that's right, right? So far, okay, I'm on the wrong side. Right? <laughs> his name is Neil. And uh, I asked him if, that, if that's a typical uh, singly, a name in Singalese. And he said no, and he told me the story. He was born in 1967. And his, when his parents were, you know, a young couple, they, they already had his sister who's a little bit older than him. And it was a time in, in Sri Lanka where uh, the economy was, you know, not, not good at all. But his parents were taking a walk and they heard about the astronauts, and it was before he, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, but he was in the first uh, manned space flight. And his parents were just so excited about people actually going to the moon and traveling in space. And it was such a, made them feel so optimistic and so happy about the future of the world that when Bonte was born, they named him Neil after Neil Armstrong. <laughs> and I think that's, and you know, this, now we, Neil Armstrong just died recently. And um, I, it made me think, I just always think about Bonte when I and, I, and I just was reluctant to say something to Bonte about his namesake 
passing away. But I remember that story, and I think uh, I was reading about the life of Neil Armstrong and what a quiet, unassuming man he was, and he shied away from publicity, which is not Bonte. <laughs> but Neil Armstrong was very—he he shied away from publicity because he really—it it seemed to me that he really honored being an that he was an astronaut and it shouldn't be a commercial product. And if people would sell his autographs, he, he had a lawsuit where he had someone, he said the money they made from selling that autograph, which was a forgery or something, that they needed to give to a nonprofit organization. And the, and the person finally did that because they didn't want to be involved in a big, a drawn out lawsuit with Neil Armstrong. So he wasn't trying to gain for his own uh, profit. He just felt it wasn't right to take his signature and sell it for a lot of money to people. And he even quit sending letters to all the Eagle Scouts because he, of course, as so many men in American history, he was an Eagle Scout. And he quit sending form letters. He said he thought those letters of, uh, of uh, congratulations should actually come from someone who personally knew that Eagle Scout. So, you know, I think he was a man of great integrity, which is certainly something I, I believe and know about Bhante Sujata. Um, so I was, you know, there aren't a lot of obvious comparisons, but the ones that I found were uh, that kind of uh, true character, you know, that deep character of a person a person, of, uh, a noble person with integrity. And uh, the other thing that I was thinking about this morning, when Bhante Sujata left the Michigan Temple and said he was going to go and teach Americans, at that time, it was kind of like somebody stepping on the moon from Sri Lanka, because it was completely uh, unacceptable to do that. And when Bhante did that, a lot of people thought he had disrobed. His teachers, his teachers tried to keep him for years from doing it because that's not the tradition that the Sri Lankan monks had. And it would have, you know, they would go and support Sri Lankan communities all around the world. And Bhante had been in Australia, he'd been in Canada. So to be in America was you know, they had ventured that far out, but, for, but that was to work with a Sri Lankan community, with the once in a while uh, Westerners thrown in who were brave enough to go in where no English was being spoken. So when Bhante said he wanted to leave and kind of start something himself, and he wasn't sure what that would be, but it would be to work with these poor sad people he knew were Americans. <laughs> They, he felt so sorry for us <laughs> and how unhappy we were. So when he left, his teachers finally agreed to let him leave, which he waited for them to do. But he was criticized by the Sri Lankan community. Uh, and if you heard him speak at, at Buddha Day, you know, it brought tears to, to his eyes. He was sick. He had no money. He had no place to live. So I thought, well, you know, later, uh, Neil Armstrong was the first man to step on the moon. And in this country, Bonte was kind of Neil Armstrong that way. Now today, and that was only 10 years ago, today there are a lot more 
young Sri Lankan monks who will come and do more like Bhante Sujata did. But before Bhante did that, I, I would almost be positive uh, that I'm correct in saying there weren't Sri Lankan monks who were stepping out like that and doing it without a lot of support. And now Bhante is able to uh, go back and, and do wonderful things for Sri Lanka and for a, really a country that has you know, very limited uh, services for a lot of people. And uh, he's able to go back and do that. He's able to support brother monks, and he's able to, you know, have a have a really large impact globally, and certainly a big impact here. And he's been a leader for other other monks. So uh, there are more comparisons. You know, we could play with that for a long time. And the other thing I just wanted to mention, Bhante's name, the other story he told me, whether this is true or not, I'm going to stand by it. I mean, his name is Sujata in uh, Pali. That was the name given to him by his teachers. And I, the, Sujata uh, means well-born. But Sujata was also the young woman who gave Siddhartha uh, when he was, he was trying to basically starve himself to death before he became enlightened and he was existing on a grain of rice a day and meditating to the point of, uh, to the point of death because the, he and the other monks that he was with weren't eating. And they were hoping that, that by mortification of the body they would become enlightened. And, uh, he reached the point where he knew that no, what he would become was dead, and that, that this is not that wasn't the path to enlightenment. But a young girl brought him a bowl of rice milk, which is kind of like rice pudding, and uh, gave it to him, and he accepted it and he ate it, and that's when he he knew that he had to eat. He couldn't. He had to find. That's when he began to realize he had to find a middle way that those extremes were not right. And of course the other monks who were with him said, well, you're not, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're eating. You know, you're gaining, you're, you're eating, you're having a good time, you're not the person we thought, you're not the one who's, who's uh, mortifying his body the most. So they left him and they, but they came back after he reached enlightenment, they came back, they were going, they said, oh, you know, that's Siddhartha up there. He was, he's eating, he's doing all kinds of things that regular people do. So we're just going to avoid him on the road. But as he walked towards them, they saw his face glow. They saw, they saw how radiant he looked. And they realized there was something more. It wasn't just from eating and drinking. It was some kind of radiance that they saw emanate from him. And so they decided to kind of listen and see what was going on. And then those five monks became his first, the, his first students, his first group. So they could see just from his presence that it was, there was something else that had happened to him besides eating. So I love that story about his name. Uh, and, and I remember when he told me that, about that, the maiden who gave Bhante the rice milk, he kind of, his face got, he, he was really happy about that story. So, 
that's, uh, that's what I wanted to share with you. I guess because Bonte's gone and I'm probably missing him, you know, because <laughs> of those stories, that those stories have come up. Do any of you have stories about Bonte that you'd like to share? <laughs> Are the correct stories that will set me straight? <laughs> I have a story. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, he actually told the story to me that when he became a Buddhist monk at um, 11 years old is when he joined the monastery. And it was in the jungle with a very dark canopy over it. Um, so, like, it was dark all the time, and he stayed in a little hut at night and slept and cried for his mother to come and help him because all the bathrooms were outside, you know, not inside, so he'd have to go out in the dark jungle by himself, and um, he was really scared. And when I asked him what lesson he would pass on, he said that if he could go back in time and talk to that young boy, he would tell him to just wait. That in, he said it was so bad, and then in six or nine months it was so good. And he said, so if I could just tell the people, you know, in this country who are lying awake at night worrying about the economy, the environment, their kids, you know, what, what people worry about, that, that a great lesson to pass on is just wait. That's a good story. Thank you. Thanks. Sometimes that's all we can tell people, too. Mm -hmm. Anybody else have another story? We need, oh, oh well, we, we don't have to, we can, Bonte Suman is here. <laughs> I was going to say, we need about five minutes of stories. 